Hey, Vecna here. Just a disclaimer. Neither of your hosts on Binged and Unhinged work for or are affiliated with Netflix or Stranger Things in any way. These are Sky and Emily's opinions, not that of Netflix. Hold on to your Vecnesis. The show is about to begin. Today's episode may contain content that some listeners may find disturbing. Listener discretion advised. Unhinged, a podcast where we deep dive into our fandom hyperfixations. I'm Emily. I'm a sky. <laughs> Season. Sorry. <laughs> it's drinking. I I I didn't plan that very well. I'm sorry. Okay. On this season, um, on this, in this season, we're discussing the one and only Stranger Things season one. Woo! Yay! Woo! It feels good to be back with some sense of permanence. It does. It does feel good. It's nice that we're recording an actual season, not just doing updates and news and one-off theories. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, Yeah. So all that being said, uh, let's talk about how this is going to work. Because obviously, it's not going to look the same as the first season. Um, Not. (laughs) Very different format. Yeah. Not that different, but like... We're still just talking into microphones about Stranger Things, but a little yeah. different. Um, so last season, obviously, it revolved around like theorizing about what's going to happen in season five, using what happened in season four, talking about Eddie Munson's return. Um, but now that we're like going all the way back to season one, um, things are going to be like more like a rewatch podcast than a theorizing podcast for the most part. I mean, I would um, imagine that maybe we'll see things that send us onto tangents about theories but yeah it won't be this it just won't be as yeah it's not gonna be the whole focus it's gonna be like theorizing yeah um so we're gonna go through the show one episode at a time uh so this one of season two is obviously corresponding to episode one of season one of stranger things very confusing love that for us Um (laughs) but i imagine i'll put the title of the actual episode of the show into the title so to make it less confusing for people yes um so yeah so we're gonna focus on some different things here i personally will be focusing like 99% of my what I talk about on character analysis and specifically like fan perception of characters Mm -hmm. um and I I will be talking about about vibes vibes Vibes. and we love that we love that um (laughs) we need that in our life because I'm over here like analyzing characters down to like and this is why we perceive this the way that this is <laughs> meanwhile like we got vibes over here who's like actually providing interesting like, you'll just hear it randomly and in this scene steve was so baby girl exactly and, we and he that. was <laughs> so um, yeah it's gonna be good i think um i primarily want to come from a standpoint of how fans perceive these characters because I mean we've discussed this but I am like fascinated by how fandom interacts with fictional characters and how we flesh them out so I'm going to focus a lot of my commentary on like reasoning why 
you know, we feel like Steve has abusive parents, for example. <laughs> like, I love that. And I find that very interesting as well. I just, it doesn't come to my brain naturally. So, well, this is why we need both of us here the duality. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes I get sad and I'm like, you know, I don't add much to this. And then I'm like, no, you add so much. But sometimes I am kind of funny and sometimes I, I, a theory will just pop into my head and then you're, so go. much better at theories than I am like I think you're going to have you're going to see something and you're going to be like this is how all of it connects and I'm going to be like, like okay I'm along for the ride I work <laughs> I hope I I hope that's me I'm sure you will I'm sure you will um okay. okay so before we get started oh also I want to mention that there will be Stranger Things news at the end of most of the episodes I'll talk about if anything's happened um obviously nothing's happened in the last 24 hours since we recorded no. the updates episode no. so <laughs> no um oh well what we could do the news at the beginning this time because i was gonna mention and i'll forget by the time we get to the end but okay Joseph Quinn is in Texas. Yes. For Fan Expo yes. Dallas. That's the news. Yep. And Grace. Grace. And Grace. Yeah. So we'll see what comes out of that. Um, <laughs> but we have nothing so far. All I've seen is that he actually smiled with all his teeth in a picture. Yes. I also saw that. He's done his signing so far. I don't think he's done a panel yet. He might be doing a panel today, but we'll see what happens. Um, what a sweet, sweet man. Um, anyway. Yeah. Um, do we want to do our new segment the hyperfixation station i mean we can um we can ex did we already explain this section um i think we might have discussed it in the not last updates episode or the one before that um okay. but we can do a quick little explanation okay um so i hyperfixate on things randomly at random um very very random and so I was like, we should talk about um, our current hyperfixations that aren't necessarily Stranger Things related, um, but just our, we want to talk about them. And so hyperfixation station. Amazing. All right. Do you want to go first? Um, sure. Mine's not very exciting. It's Stranger, Stranger Things, Things again. again. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I currently have purchased a, you'll hear more about this, listeners, I have currently purchased a 1988 Hitachi 13-inch TV that I watch Stranger Things on now. I have bought four walkie-talkies in the past week because I broke one. Um, mine are all purchase-based. Um, I bought Reeboks. They're really cute. Listen, the aesthetic is coming together, though. Yeah, I, I mean, to be fair, TV. though, this has been my aesthetic, like, for, like, years, but... Yeah, but, like, you're really honing in the details right now, and I'm li yeah. living for it. Yeah, so that, <laughs> so there's that, and then Pedro Pascal. Which, Pedro, yeah. if you're listening, um, let's go get a drink. Anyways. I shoot my shot. It's fine. Listen, as you should. As you should, Queen. <laughs> um... <laughs> 
All right. So my uh, current hyperfixation, and this is not going to surprise you in the slightest, you can probably guess what I'm going to say. It is uh, the Stick Season Deluxe, which came out uh, okay, yep. yesterday. <laughs> um, it is the deluxe version of Stick Season, the album by Noah Khan, and it is excellent and it makes me cry all the time. <laughs> and I listened to it yesterday in the car on the way to take um my new cat Eddie Munson to the <laughs> Listen, if I don't already have some sort of a cease and desist from one of these people, I will. Um so I was taking Eddie Munson to the vet. Um, his name is Munson for short. Um and I listened to the first half of it. I started to cry. And I said, no, let me listen to the second half of this after the vet. Proceeded to bawl and then sends picture of me bawling in the car to Emily. Yeah. So. (laughs) It's really sad. It is. It is. It's not a happy album, but it is exactly my brand of music. And I'm literally just, I love Noah Khan so much. Um, So I've been waiting for that fucking deluxe album for months (laughs) So it's my current hyperfixation. But, yeah, but it so. was really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, don't know that good. I've ever waited months for music to come out. So long. So many months. Um, <laughs> like six of them. <laughs> I'm just like a new musical drop and I'm just like sick. That's no, sick. I oh wish no, that was I, my life. I can tell you one song that I waited that long. Mm. And you're gonna be like, the fuck? It was it was okay. that song. It, it's on my playlist. You probably heard it when we were together. But it's that song in French, the. Why? It's good. <laughs> I like it. You know what? Fair enough. Fair. It tickles my brain. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. 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 But yeah, <laughs> uh, dopamine. I forget her name. Who sings it? But it's a good song. She has it in English and in French. Love that. Music works coming out of the woodworks today. There you go. Oh, oh my gosh. All right. All right. Is the train pulling out of the hyperfixation station? I think we are. Amazing. Next time, this needs to probably be at the end because if we don't do it at the end, we'll just keep talking about it. That's true. We should know our tangents better all right (laughs) um okay where where do you where do you want to begin um I can start so we are going with episode one of season one which is called x-men 134 Mm -hmm. and if you watched the updates episode this has some relevance Um, yeah (laughs) watched listened whatever um, we are starting off strong on November the 6th, 1983. Yep. You have so many different details than I do. I don't even have the name of the episode <laughs> written down. <laughs> I have all of them written down. Even Amazing. episode three, I haven't started it yet. But. Well, all right. Could it be me? All right. Continue. Um, I just wanted to note again that I watched this on my 1988 Hitachi 13-inch TV. Um, I'm so jealous, honestly. On live. If you're ever interested, if you see me online, that's probably what I'm doing because I've decided that's just what I'm going to do. Since you decided to rewatch it on live, I was like, I'm going to do that, but also on my old TV. 
rewatching it on live is very fun so if you're listening um maybe i'll start determining a schedule of when i'm going to watch the episodes and then i can be like hey i'm always going to go live at this time on this day um yeah to rewatch them and then amazing um i mean you your notes are so much more put together than mine are um all right so i'm gonna go through this kind of by character i have a couple of other like subcategories of just like some random thoughts about plot and then i also have a category about mapgate which if you don't know about mapgate it is the like (laughs) if they don't know about mapgate by now with the fact that we've talked about it like three times (laughs) there's there's no hope there's no are you are you even a listener if you don't know about mapgate um yeah yeah. so i'm gonna talk about the strange things map and how things don't fucking make sense um but i think i love that we're gonna start off with um mike um okay <laughs> um listen sorry. all right so i'm gonna go into that uh, before we do anything i want to preface this by like if you've listened to season one of the podcast you know that we have specific feelings about specific characters for example mike and nancy we're not mm-hmm. huge fans of the wheelers um we're not we're not I tried really hard to go into this objectively, like as if I've never seen the show before or as if I've seen season four and I'm trying to understand why they are the way that they are. So I'm trying really hard to be objective, but I just need y'all to take this with a grain of salt. (laughs) Well, I wanted to say, so I only have one note about Mike Mm -hmm. and it is that he's not a total in all capital piece of shit no no and I really am trying to like hit on like where are his traumas why is he like the way that he is especially I'm also doing this with Nancy I'm more so for Nancy than I do for Mike because I feel like she's more like she have more of a personal stake in this than Mike does Mike is very plot based she actually I feel like has more personality I guess well, there's also more pressure just from the time period there's gonna be more pressure on nancy than there is on mike anyways yeah. because she's a girl yeah exactly so. um so yeah i don't have a ton of mike a ton about mike either um and the way that my notes are set up is like i also have a section about byler so he's gonna come back up like mike's gonna come back up um with will and 11 um but but <laughs> yeah he you're right though he's not a total asshole like he's not not yet not in the season yeah and like i wouldn't want to put that on him anyways because of his age like he's just a little he's just a little baby he's (laughs) a little baby in the show i mean um go ahead he is 11 going on 12 so yeah i mean he could have been more of an asshole i mean obviously look i mean there's the bully kids they're that age and they're little assholes yeah they are that's true um yeah i i don't know i think it's very interesting i'm trying to find the turning point where mike becomes like such a distant person to his friends like because i'm looking i look at this and we're gonna actually go into my notes now um i i'm sorry i'm trying to like figure out a good way to put it all together um like I'm trying to figure, make it not sound like the Twilight episode where we're just like reading off points. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's where I'm at. Well, so. th- this is where this is good for me 
I think, because I can just have thoughts. Yeah. Whereas yeah, with I, Twilight, I, I had very, very detailed notes as well. Yes. So it was just yes. a back and forth of detailed notes. So mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I think this is already sounding way better. It's amazing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, I, even within, and I'm going to talk about more too, but like, even within the first two episodes, there is like a visible change in who is holding the torch when it comes to finding Will. Um, and Mike is like so intense about we need to find Will, we need to find Will, we need to find mm-hmm. Will at the very beginning, right? Yeah. In the first episode, he is like, that is his number one focus. He's the person who gets on the walkie, walkies Lucas to get him on board for looking for Will. Um, and I also noted that when they get to the woods, it's like raining and Dustin's trying to convince them to go back and Mike flat out refuses and is like, you can stay here, but I'm going. Um, yeah. And Lucas just kind of got quietly goes with it. Um, Which I found very odd considering his kind of in the next episode. Like he's very vocal about what he wants to do. He is very vocal about it. And I think that he recognizes that Eleven has thrown a wrench in everything. Like he, I'm really excited to examine how lucas and l's relationship changes over the course of the season because lucas is very anti-11 <laughs> at the yes. beginning of the show um yes. like but i noted so i think it's in episode two but i noted like lucas is the only one that has a voice of reason at this moment he is he literally 100 is and i do have notes about that in episode two so it's very interesting to me that like Mike changes Mike really, really fast. fast. Like, like he goes, he goes from, from being one, one chick, chick gives, him gives him the time of day, day for like, for like, for like what 12, twelve hours, and all of a sudden yeah. he's he's all eleven. All 11 no, one else. no one else. Fuck Will. Fuck Will. Will. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, it's really strange. And like, obviously, I'll get deeper into it in episode two because that's where the shift really happens. But like, I just think it's really fucking like messed up how Mike goes from like this in episode one where he just is like all about finding will etc etc and that and like he holds that through season one for the most part but it's not as intense past season or past episode two um but like the fact that he goes from that to what's going on in season three and four with mike is yeah really fucking sad and i I'm excited to figure out what the motivation is with that because I don't know. Part of me thinks that it's like a trauma response of like, I thought I lost you and therefore I'm pulling away. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, these things keep happening, but I don't know. I don't know. I think it's something to look into and um, it really bums me out <laughs> because yeah, I'm also now kind of having like a Byler era moment, not like but not like a steady moment but like really trying to hone in on it because i think i don't know have you heard of the blue and yellow byler theory you've mentioned it okay well i'll give a brief explanation because it's really compelling it's very interesting um so there's a theory going around that um blue represents mike and yellow represents will um because of so these these colors come up in like set design so like 
one half of the set will be yellow and one half of the set will be blue or Mike will be wearing blue and um, Will will be wearing yellow. And then when they fight, their colors will switch. So Will will be wearing blue and Mike will be wearing yellow in scenes. Interesting. Yeah. And then season three happened and Robin cracks the code and the, and the code says when blue meets yellow in the West, yellow i.e. will goes west and mike goes to visit them yeah is that not crazy (laughs) the fuck (laughs) i know i'm like and i was i was looking on um like tiktok today and um on tumblr um just to like fine-tune this theory and figure out if there was something that i was missing because i'm not like a byler girly i'm more focused on the older kids which makes sense um well yeah (laughs) but um uh i was looking and like a lot of people are like this theory is so delusional like that's crazy and i'm like some of the things that i have like thought are valid theories are way more delusional than this (laughs) it's pretty that's i mean pretty clear yeah i think so too what else would it have been talking about that's what i'm thinking so i have been noting all of the like blue and yellow moments um and straight off the bat they like go in on it i've seen a lot of people talking about how it's like specifically like a season three thing where they're dressed like that Mm -hmm. but in their like scene in the rain when everyone is leaving the uh, wheeler house mike is in blue and will is wearing yellow in that rain scene where they're talking and in the scene where mike meets 11 she's also wearing yellow Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. and i was trying to like figure out what the significance it's some of sort of triangle is. i think well yeah and it's so interesting because in i think it's when in like moments where mike shifts his focus to her that she's wearing yellow like there's a point where she's there uh in season two two three when is hopper like just pissed at them it's season three because Elle's gone for most of season two um when they're kissing um mike is wearing blue and 11's wearing yellow so i think it's at moments like that where it's like will's basically being replaced by 11 <laughs> is when they put her in yellow. yeah yeah i think it's really interesting um yeah so uh, mike's also wearing both blue and yellow um when they're at school and being interrogated by hopper um which i just think is so interesting so I don't know. I think it's going to be fun to look at and analyze uh, because I do stand firm that Byler is in fact endgame if neither of them die. He's an asshole. I know that. He's going to have his redemption moment. Like, I know that he'll be fine in season <laughs> my five. My face. Did you see my face? I was like... <sighs> yeah, he'll be fine in season five. He's going to have some very emotional under like reasoning for why he is the way that he is and then it's all going to be fine and we're all going to feel bad. Yeah. But, oh my god, season four Mike makes me want to throttle him. <laughs> I mean, honestly, season three Mike, I don't like. I don't like season three Mike either. That's where he really falls apart. Season but... two Mike, not as bad. Just like season one Mike isn't terrible. But yeah. season three and four. Oof. You can like see the signs, though, of yeah. Mike already starting to crumble. <laughs> well, he just has like only white male child syndrome. I mean, yeah like he's really set up for that with his home life which 
it's yeah. the same for Nancy. Like she's also set up for that. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, God, I wish he was a more likable character. <laughs> same. They could have gone that way too. I mean, he was set up in the first season to be a likable character. Mm-hmm. He was like, he yeah. was totally, he's a kid and he's annoying, but he was totally fine. Like he was, you know, fighting for his friend, trying to find his friend until Eleven showed up. And then even then, like, even with Eleven showing up, he's still, I mean, I haven't gone that far into the season, but it seemed like he still wanted to find Will. But yes. Yeah. But anyway, anywho, I mean, we'll find out. We're going to see, like, not that I'm honed in on it, like microanalyzing. Yeah. What? I was gonna say that's the beauty of this too is that I it's been so long since I've watched it that it'll be really interesting looking at it from that perspective. Yeah. So yeah, one hundred percent. Um. All right. So that's all that I have on Mike and Byler. I am going to have way more in the second episode. Um. Now I want to kind of look at the party as like a whole because I just. I love them in this season like they I forget how just so cute <laughs> just such... well, there's such a there's such a little team and they yeah. do their little team thing and it's just yeah. very goonies it's cute it really is and it's interesting looking at it from like such a, a fine tooth comb kind of perspective because I'm noticing how they each individually interact with each other mm-hmm. and um like right from the start I think like I noticed the most the relationship between Dustin and Lucas and I think that they, they did such a good job carrying the authenticity of their relationship through the entire show because right from the start like from the very beginning Dustin and Lucas argue all the time like they have little arguments constantly and it's so funny to me like their character dynamic is so good but I love how they run with it like through the whole series like with season two when Max shows up I love that it's those two that are kind of feuding over her because they already have this like little spatty kind of relationship like it's so cute (laughs) It's so adorable. Um, I do wish, and maybe this is like a fucked up thing that I wish that they kept going, but I wish that they had run with like the bullying plot line. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it would I think we talked about this like privately, not on the podcast, but I think we talked about this where it would make Mike being a dick make more sense. Yes, I think it would make a lot of things make more sense. Like that too, yeah. I think it would lend a lot to them in season four. Um, yeah, because they entered they're... high school. They're in this dorky club, mm-hmm. and they're not they're not getting bullied, but they were getting bullied before. It doesn't make yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, I think it would have been really like nice to see that follow through because i mean lucas is joining the basketball team because he wants to fit in right Mm -hmm. like i think that it would make that way more emotionally hitting it would just the whole reason why mike is the way he is just all of it i think (laughs) 
it would lend to that yeah also like dustin's whole season four like shtick is like be yourself basically Mm -hmm. that's his whole thing with eddie and i think that if we'd run with more evident bullying of dustin which is like so fucked up to ask for but like no it's you know it's not because you want them to suffer but it just would have made certain things that have happened make either more sense or like you said it would add more emotion to other things yes 100 percent, 100 percent. so yeah i don't know i liked that <laughs> i like that, that, that they're bullied in <laughs> well yeah because if they hadn't been bullied by those guys before and they had then just randomly been bullied by them the second time when l like messed with them yeah um it wouldn't have been as impactful as you now know these are ongoing bullies yeah and so you know she fucks them up yeah work (laughs) yeah yeah i really i really wish that that had continued but it's fine it's fine have her brothers do whatever you want with your show We are the Duffer Brothers. Um, we are the Duffer Brothers. Hi, I'm Ross. I'm Ross. I'm Matt. And we're the Duffer Brothers. And we created Stranger Things. We're changing uh, it, rewriting it. Get the actors in here. <laughs> oh, oh my, my God. God. Um. All right. Who next? Should we talk about Eleven? I mean, we can. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't have a lot about Eleven. And it, it, I don't think it's any secret to anyone here that Eleven is not my favorite character in the show. She's also not my favorite character in the show. Honestly, I am strongly in the camp of Will is the main character, not Eleven. Um, and you can argue with me yeah. about that all you want. Um, but I, I mean, they could have had the show, and not to be mean, but they could have had the show Eleven not even be in it, and it just be like why is will missing why is he acting so strange yeah and then all of the other things happen just without 11 and i would have been totally fine with it yeah or alternatively like they have 11 for season one because she's an easy way of like moving the plot along but also like 11 probably could have actually died which is what the original plan was i think that she could have died after season one and they could have run with the will plot line and it would have been perfectly fine perfectly fine if not Um, dare i say a little better. Maybe. I think Millie is a good actress. It's not Millie. That's yeah, the problem. I mean, it's the character of Eleven. That's the problem. Yeah. So like 99% of my notes about Eleven so far <laughs> for all the notes that I've done is about Millie and her like acting, acting prowess because she is fucking so good. Even at 11 years old, she is so insanely fucking talented like because she she doesn't really talk this season like at least not in the beginning like she doesn't even like use first episode she she used like she said 11 yeah she probably has like what four lines in the whole first episode and like even then she tells such a powerful message like you can just tell so much through her facial expressions and i think that that is something that she should really be
be commended for. Like, I understand why the Duffer brothers were, like, fucking obsessed with her. Because she is yeah. crazy fucking talented. Like, yeah, I don't know. I I have, like, some more specific scenes in episode two that really got me. But, like, I don't know. In one shot, you can tell exactly what's going through her head. And that is really fucking cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I feel just kind of met about her character in general. Mm-hmm yeah um, <laughs> like i don't know and that's nothing against her like i don't have no it, it again it's not against her acting either it's just the character itself yeah it's just it didn't need to go on that long yeah like i don't know i just yeah i just feel kind of mad about it which is yeah. kind of interesting i don't know maybe it's the main character syndrome where it's like nobody's going to like the main the quote-unquote main character um but yeah i don't know it's just not my my favorite character in the show for sure so we took a little breaky break took a little breaky break um but we're back and we're about to get into the good shit all right we're about to get into the real the real the real hot content and by that i mean we're (laughs) talking about hopper now (laughs) you know i'm thinking about suing the duffer brothers oh yeah because i didn't give them permission to take that footage of me in my house (laughs) (laughs) oh i mean the brushing the teeth and then just lighting a cigarette is very mean yeah he's really he's really got a lot of character in this season um and i yeah i love him but i Mm -hmm. also i was mad at him in this episode I was real. He mad. wasn't on the ball. He really wasn't. And, and no, I mean he was a fucking asshole. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> um, well, why is he so me? <laughs> what does that say about me? <laughs> Listen, uh, he's like... to, real quick. I have to talk about how he tampered with evidence. He's supposed to be some big city cop, and he just grabs the bike when they find it. Oh my god! I didn't even like think about that. I feel like though they're still like at this point they're still in that mindset of like he ran away or like also at this point fingerprints aren't a thing right are they a thing i mean i i think fingerprints started being a thing um probably before this now that i'm thinking about it yeah i'm dumb i don't know i think fingerprints are a thing already Using fingerprints to identify individuals has become commonplace, and that identification role is an invaluable tool worldwide. In China, it began perhaps as early as 300 BC. Oh. <laughs> and in Japan, as early as AD 702, and in the United States, since 1902. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So, so that looks. Look- <laughs> Listen. Um, <laughs> do we think that? I don't, I don't think they particularly fingerprints don't feel like a big deal in a Hawkins like I feel like they don't even no but I mean this was episode one right yeah um when he grabs the bike and he brings it back to her house he has this look on his face like he knows something he didn't just run away he says that he goes yes. these bikes are like Cadillacs to these kids they're not just gonna leave them yes that is that is the moment I have noted as the like shift in Hopper yeah 
is Oops, like sorry think. that's a good point no like that's a very good point i didn't even think about the way that he's like handling evidence and how it doesn't make sense you're right yeah anywho you're right um so the initial shot we get of hopper taking the pills with beer and then taking a drag of a cigarette oh my god it's like it's like you it's like if you like if it's like if Wes Anderson went like dark mode that particular shot I literally love the way that they set up his character that's literally just every guy I grew up with that is just small town America man (laughs) it is I mean it is um not to mention the emotional damage this man has but that too that too like yeah i don't know i just think the shot is so good like it says so much about his character i also love i i I notice this every time but i love when he's in the shower how much taller he is than his shower head yes (laughs) that is such a good detail like he's in these this little like tiny trailer cabin thing whatever he's in and i'm like this little teeny tiny probably from the 80s shower and this man can barely fit in it it's so funny so funny so good i i also love that um love it he's just like god he has so much character like the mornings are for coffee and contemplation line is one also, of the best lines of the show yeah <laughs> and i wrote during that part he again he is so me yeah um i also want to note this is before that so when he's like putting on all of his gear i have those pens that he has i have them what <laughs> what but i mean why are we surprised i mean tr- true i didn't even like notice that wow see this is what I, when i talk about how and i don't know if the podcast has ever heard me talk about this before but like i'm like a fan but i don't need merch that says stranger things on it mm. like i'm not and i no judgment i don't mind when people do i have shirts that say stranger things on it it's not that it's that I more so get excited about merch that you could find in the show. Mm-hmm. And it's very subtle. So when I find things that I like, like in old shows and stuff like that, I'll like search it out. And I found it and I bought it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not emotionally prepared for when they have their set piece auction for the show. Oh, oh Alex, doesn't, Alex know doesn't know yet, yet but, but I'm, I'm going. going. She's, letting She's letting me stay, me stay in her house. house. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can come too, too, and we're gonna, and we're go, gonna go dig. dig. Yeah, yeah, Alex, Alex I, consider I consider this a warning, warning that, 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 that the second, second I, find I find out when that's when happening, happening we're, we're coming over, over, and we're gonna, and we're gonna, go, gonna dig. go dig. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I love that. I wish that was me, just wanting like what would like could be considered like set pieces and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that was me. <laughs> But- I, I mean, I even made a joke to a friend of mine. I said, you should come. Um, she has a, a son who's Gannon's age too. And I said, you should go, you guys should come down here, come visit. Uh, we'll go to the beach. We'll also go to the Stranger Things experience in parentheses, my house. No, literally it is kind of like that. It's literally like a time <laughs> capsule. Like, <laughs> oh, thank you. It's not quite yet, but it's getting there. It, that's it's the goal. Getting there. Your kitchen more so is a time capsule than anywhere else in yes. your house is. As I go your, look at it. Yeah. Your kitchen's fucking crazy and I love it. Not crazy yeah. in a bad way. Crazy in a like, this is so impressive way. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks. Um, I love it. I love it. Um, Let's see. I 
another fun detail this is just like gushing about hopper hour um Mm -hmm, did you mm -hmm. notice that he's such an asshole to everyone in this show except for the dog like the virus's dog no oh my god so when they bring the bike back um after he finds it they bring it back to the house and he starts like searching around he goes into the backyard the dog is like barking and he bends down and he's like oh what's wrong with this guy and i was like <laughs> it was so i think nice it was just dog. showing that there there's a heart in there somewhere there is a heart in there that somewhere. we is it obviously know no. is there it's just <laughs> when you first watch it you're like fuck this guy yeah literally yeah. and figuratively i know literally he like we should discuss the way that he acts with joyce because should we do we need to yeah i think Uh, i think we're here i think we're i think we're there um i can i say something yeah okay before because i can feel i think where this is going oh no (laughs) um so before you get to where you're going he i will acknowledge that he is not nice to joyce he's not taking joyce seriously he is altogether a douche canoe but oh no here's my thing they give off the vibes that and we know this that they went to high school together yeah and they talk like they went to high school together i think there's something there that we haven't talked about how so like i think they have a past oh they have a past canonically they have a past canonically they used to like go smoke cigarettes together in the parking lot and skip class but i think there's more to it i think there's more to it than what we've been shown in the show you know what i mean oh like post high school maybe interesting yeah i mean i'm less so frustrated with how he talks to joyce because i do agree with you i think there's some underlying stuff there even if it's not just like what happened in high school i'm sure something is involved with like her choosing lonnie over him there's something like that i'm sure yeah um i think i was more frustrated with hopper about how he talked about will specifically um oh i didn't even think about that it grinded my gears i was because he called him he asked if he was a slur inserts um yeah so yeah yeah we can't we can't we can talk about it but we can um so i mean i just like first of all props to fucking joyce because from literally the from the first like minutes that you see joyce especially in this conversation with hopper like you can tell that she is so accepting and she's such a good mom like she is so careful about how she talks about will and stays focused that whole conversation of like he is missing it doesn't matter if he is what doesn't matter if he's gay yeah it doesn't matter like the way that she talks about how lonnie talked to will is just the delivery of the line where she says lonnie called him queer and then she like whispers the slur (laughs) um it just like 
I don't know. You, I love that you can just tell from her character immediately that she's going to be so accepting. And also it sets up that like Will is maybe gay kind of situation in like a really right <clears throat> in a very positive way in my opinion hopper is being an asshole but i really appreciate how they set it up with joyce yes to play devil's advocate for hopper um i'm not defending people who are mean to gay people i am not and we know this um we do have to take into consideration that this is set in 1983 yes i mean it makes we do sense. especially um, for the type of person hop is too like right does that mean we have to forgive his behavior no no but it is not out of the realm of possibility that he would act like that that person would act like that in 1983 yes it's not a excuse it's a reason which correct is another is i'm gonna say that again when we talk about jonathan um (laughs) i i do you are really out here gonna defend those pictures i am not going to defend the pictures i'm going to I'm going to give a reason why he takes them. I'm here. I'm with you. Um, and we're going to get there. Like, ultimately, that all happens in episode two anyway. So we're not going to talk about it that much. That's but I true. am going to talk about, like, the setup of Jonathan and my initial um, mm-hmm. interpretation or, like, feelings about him, especially within the realm of his relationship with his family, um, yeah. which that is my next point. I That's most of what I wanted to talk about with Hopper is, like... Yeah um all right let's get into it because we're gonna argue here <laughs> no i think episode two will argue episode i think this one we might not worse. yeah i think i think this is going to be maybe okay <laughs> um <laughs> uh, so i'm gonna talk about less so individual character traits but more so the family dynamic of mm-hmm. joyce jonathan and will and why and specifically that in relation to jonathan um, yeah i have no problem with that they're fuck dude jonathan is like listen he's we working about, hard we can yeah we can talk about the overall like traumas even pre upside down of all of the older kids like the teens yeah. in this show for fucking sure jonathan has had the worst of it like he he's already got the trauma going into this and like we can talk about like how nancy is unhappy with her home life and blah 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 blah, blah which is that's, that's less, of, less a of a reason for nancy, for nancy being, being the bitch that she is than jonathan being a crazy sorry, sorry. <laughs> can't, sorry. Help can't help it it just comes so naturally to me oh my god and we'll get there they're coming up next but like of listen like jonathan is essentially acting as the for lack of a better term man of the house but also he's kind of acting as the mom of the house too like he right from the start the first time you fucking see them he's making breakfast he joyce has expected him he didn't but joyce will has expected him to wake up will at this point um she's on her way out the door for work which is she's a single fucking mom with two kids and very low income and clearly Lonnie's not paying like child support or something so like yeah this is not I mean even if he was if if we're we're talking um almost nothing if depending on what he does for work oh yeah like this isn't a dig at Joyce like Joyce is doing what she has to do she is an incredible mom I mean we don't hate on single moms in this house absolutely not (laughs) absolutely not um but 
Jonathan is carrying so much of the weight of this family and it's so Mm -hmm. evident right from the start and I love how that they opened with the scene of Joyce is getting ready for work Jonathan's cooking breakfast getting like Jonathan is expected to have woken up well at this point he didn't but that's kind of besides the point um I just I love how within that 30 seconds of scene they've set up exactly what their family dynamic is and what Jonathan's place in the family is yeah I mean I wrote Jonathan is a creep but also a good kid question mark wait what did you say sorry Jonathan is a creep but also a good kid question mark (laughs) listen we're gonna get into that in the next episode and I just I don't think that he is I don't think that he's a creep I really don't um and we're gonna get into it I basically wrote a fucking essay about it (laughs) amazing my notes for episode two um but like I think it's very important to note like what is going on in episode one like what is happening with Jonathan in episode one um like I I don't know, just really hone in on those family dynamics and what Jonathan's life must have looked like since Lonnie left, which was, I mean, many according, years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, according to like Jonathan himself, who said that Lonnie kind of turned into an asshole when Jonathan was born, it had to be like sometime, depending on who his most parents are, um, it had to be sometime <laughs> either before Will was born or like right afterwards I would imagine is when he left um so Jonathan's been carrying the the team for a long time here yeah um like I don't know and then like again the but also thus is being an only child too yeah I mean you I do know. carry a lot of as an only child or not not an only child older child the yeah. oldest you carry a lot of the younger ones Yes, I do. I agree. But like also, and I talk about this more so in episode two, but like, look at his relationship with Will and what he does in the house versus Nancy's relationship with Mike, which before you go on a tangent, I will say that Nancy and Mike have a much more in my opinion, or at least as it's represented in media, because I'm an only child, so I wouldn't know. But I think that Nancy and Mike have a much more realistic relationship for that mm, like their okay. age groups like more so mm. um more self-centered I guess would be like my interpretation what do you think okay as <laughs> as an oldest daughter uh in a very similar I grew up in a very similar situation to Nancy um my brother is in fact six years younger than me mm-hmm. um we were BFFs Mm. we were we'd hang out after school um because sometimes i'd have to watch him um and so i had i I had much more of a jonathan will dynamic with my brother than i had with a nancy mike dynamic interesting okay now i had a nancy mike dynamic with my other brother who never who had only child syndrome because he lived with his dad hmm and I would try to tell him, like, no, you have to do this, this, and this, you know? And then he would fight. We would fight, right? Yeah. I mean, I suppose it's, like, different based on, like, families and what they expect of their kids. Yeah, but, I mean, you may talk to another person. They go, oh, yeah, we were very, like, okay, here's a good example. 
Um, my uncle and my aunt. Uh, my uncle was born in eighty four. My aunt was born in eighty two. So they are two years apart. Mm-hmm. They fought so hard that one time, my aunt pushed my uncle down the stairs. He broke his collarbone. They yeah. used to <laughs> steal things together, like uh, shopping carts, and yeah. then throw each other down hills and then he would fall out and break a bone <laughs> yeah like it was very that like they were they they fought constantly yeah like I mean, hated each other like it's not to say that nancy and mike's relationship is like constant battle like they hate each other i don't think that that's the relationship at all i think they're just going through two very different like yeah things in their lives and they're revolved around that more so yeah. than that wasn't my experience but yeah um i can I think, see that being their experience i, think I just in, think that nancy's self-centered uh yeah no i i would agree and with she's that never had to ways, do but I anything do, ever i feel like there's a reason for it um which we'll get into that later but oh i know what the reason um, is it's her mother interesting karen <laughs> karen is a good mom but here's the thing karen very much lives that existence of no one else in the house needs to do anything because that is my job which as a stay-at-home mom I I feel that yeah and so her kids have never had to want nor need anything ever and so they are essentially they've never had to live an existence where they aren't the center of their own attention I think that kind of in a similar vein of that but more so on the side of nancy i guess i truly do believe that nancy is nancy doesn't want the life that her parents have and that's true which like we've discussed this i think that just to jump ahead i think that nancy is at the point where she's realizing that she can want other things that aren't the perfect picket fence to three kids and a dog lifestyle Mm -hmm. um and i think that she looks at how her mother feels like her mother's clearly not happy with her marriage straight off the bat like like she's not um and i think that nancy is already like i don't want that and she's sensing a sensing like a seeking a sense of rebellion basically which is why she is the way that she is in season one and i think that she's just reached that point and it's kind of a just injustice to her character that we don't see what she's like pre-season one um because like she wouldn't be friends with barb who's still barb i would consider to still be in that headspace of being very like clean cut square kind of whatever see i get a very different opinion of barb i think barb is not necessarily square she is like i'm so mature i don't have time for this level you know what i'm saying like she's like is that like in i think it's episode two she's like is that a new bra seriously yes like like she just thinks all of this is like stupid yeah (laughs) but then like i I feel you barb i agree um i just think that nancy is like I don't know she's having her moment of teenage rebellion and she's getting that through Steve like it's a it's an adrenaline high for her it's like a rush it's not a yeah but but is that an excuse to the I notated the first time Nancy we see Nancy talk to Barb she is a complete bitch 
Yes. I don't know what she I'm says. Not, it's not an excuse, but, but it's a reason. It's not True. like Nancy is inherently just a terrible fucking person. It's Nancy's trying to figure herself out and the way that she's like acting out is shitty because she's a fucking yeah. teenager. Like I yeah. said shitty stuff when I was a teenager to my friends. Like I like I peer yeah. pressured. I've been peer pressured by friends and I peer pressured friends to do things that they didn't want to do. I did stupid shit. Like I don't know. I think that it's just coming out like in the situation, especially. So like jumping down the first time that I was really like fucking why would you say that is when um they're ta- Nancy wants to go to um well she wants to go hang out with Steve, but she wants to she says she's going to go study with barb mm-hmm. and um her mom's like no will is literally missing um and uh she says quote we're under house arrest just because mike's friend got lost on the way home from school like that was a really that was out of pocket day. like that was another level of like really fucked up so i don't think this like there's no excuse for that but like her- there's no reason for that <laughs> No, that the one I got nothing for. But I think her overall, like, I don't know. I think she's getting really wrapped up in this, like, being part of the popular crowd, doing, like, going yeah. to drink and hanging out with a boy and when she's supposed to be somewhere else. Like, I think she's really getting a rush from that. And I think that's why she's yeah. appearing to be, like, such a shitty friend in person. Like, she's being very selfish, obviously yeah but i think that there's like there's a reason for it once again excuse not an excuse it's a reason (laughs) yeah while we're on the thing of nancy i wanted to say that one thing that i told you about um nancy lies like she is practicing for an olympic sport she is a very good liar yeah i mean i think though also like talking from personal experience when you go from and I think maybe that's why I'm such a staunch defender of Nancy in some ways um is that like I also had that experience of like doing rebellious stupid shit (laughs) as a teenager like not anything too crazy but I was the I'm the perfect straight laced clean cut kid who has perfect grades and focuses on studying and blah 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 blah. but then not me Uh, (laughs) it couldn't be me i had good grades that's about all um i did that i was supposed to do yeah no i was the person whose parents were like (laughs) we're like oh she never lied to us like she didn't oopsie daisies which which, mom if you're listening to this right now which i know you're going to listen to this because it's why you wanted to wait to watch this show um i'm sorry but i i would i would you know you know i would go and do stupid shit with my friends and i'd be like oh i'm just you know yeah i mean i'm studying with this person like yeah and it was like but it was like a staunch change it was like I knew I wanted to go and do all of this stupid shit because I wanted an outlet. And then I knew that my parents were going to believe me no matter what I said pretty much. Work. Um, which was really using their trust. I'm so sorry, mom. Um, but like, Me just always having told my mom I was going to my friend's house and then my boyfriend would come pick me up. It, yeah, literally. Except I, that was not the person for me, but I would just go and 
drink in the salt flats. <laughs> in the salt flats. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Fucking oh whole life. Um, so yeah, I think that Nancy's very much in that position in her life and she's uh being an asshole because of it. So Yeah. Yeah. Um I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, doesn't make it okay. I know, I know. But I understand yeah. why she does it. I do. Um, you also don't have to be a bitch to everyone. No. no. Too no you know literally no. she's got like so many things going against her it's like it would be different if she was like lying but also she was like nice to barb yeah. you know what i mean 100%. like that's a completely different story than i'm a bitch to my friends i'm a bitch to my siblings i'm a bitch to my family yes. and also now i'm lying to everyone yes exactly and i'm that also a bitch great. to steve oh all right so we want to get really started we can. Steve right. is baby girl. <laughs> Here we go. Feral, unhinged, unwell. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, nope. He deserves better than Nancy. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. All right. Listen. Listen. Okay. We're going to... Hold on. Let me look through my notes. Because this is where I start writing paragraphs and not bullet points. <laughs> me, I just wrote Steve is baby girl twice. And then I have a couple other things about Steve. But... Okay. All right. So I'm actually going to start with Steve independently of Nancy. Um, Amazing. Because I can't like go and try and defend Steve without having this like caveat. Um, all right. I'm trying not to get like canceled. Um... Why are you going to get canceled? I don't know. I feel oh, like I feel I'm just like defending, I'm defending the, men the men so much. So much and and no. 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 <laughs> the man is worth defending. Nancy's not. It's I I think Nancy is. It's just she's not helping her character at all, which is no. ultimately not Nancy's fault. It's the writer's fault. They're the ones who set up a woman character who was extremely hateable. No, <laughs> but is... if if here's my thing is if we didn't have this like myriad of characters the show wouldn't be believable it's not real life that the that a woman's going to be right every single time and a man is always going to be a piece of shit that's just not real life uh, yeah mm. i suppose i suppose not I every know. single time you yeah. know what i mean yeah sometimes I mean... women are bitches and then sometimes men are the good guy they're okay you can trust steve yeah yeah i don't know i think i do just i think they do i agree. trust hopper I trust Steve. Yeah, I don't know. I think they just do the women in the show a strong disservice by their character I dynamic. Think, but I don't think Joyce is a bad character dynamic. No, but on the flip side of that, like everyone is like, well, Joyce was right this whole time, and everyone thought that she was crazy. But like, well, I mean, listen, but also, listen, like, if can you're... you imagine. Can you imagine her being like, I heard my son breathing on the phone and then the phone exploded? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I you can't... wouldn't believe her either. Exactly. And that's where I'm like, yeah, no, like I would also kind of think that she's delusional. <laughs> yeah. Like, can you imagine? I called you up. What if I just called you up and went, Gannon is missing. I heard him and some growling on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Sky, go to a psychiatrist. <laughs> you know what i mean so like i given what we're given about joyce i think joyce is a very strong 
great female character. Yeah, you're supposed no, to I kind of think she's crazy because you don't know kind of what's going on yet in season one. So I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I think that like <sighs> I don't know. I'm really trying to defend Nancy. I really am. I just like you can try. They they also set her up as like that stereotypical like she's like the teenage like slut you know what i mean like they set her up as that oh, I don't character get that. too oh i think so she, she i think they do one person i think that they do because maybe they want in... you to feel that because maybe that's what she feels about herself no i think that they set her up as that because like they set her up to be perceived as that and maybe it's not intentional but i think that they do because in the studying scene where steve um shows up which we're gonna circle back to that in a second but when yeah steve shows up at her house and is helping her study she and he and her have this conversation about how she doesn't want to be a slut basically like she doesn't want to be perceived as a slut which is not to such a either. this is a really complicated conversation um <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it but i think no. they set her up to be a stereotype and I think that by her going from that and they're studying blah, blah, blah. And then in season two, completely she 180s on that. Like, see, I don't see. That's why I don't think that that was a setup to make her that way. Mm-hmm. Because if my parents are listening, just ignore it. Okay. <laughs> um, when I was in high school, that was everyone's main concern because we knew who the quote-unquote this is not my thoughts this is just who everyone talked about we knew who the quote-unquote sluts were mm-hmm. right had they even done anything no one knows yeah that's but, true but you didn't you definitely knew you didn't want to be one of them yeah and so so yeah there were a lot of us who were like you know we had steady boyfriends and mm-hmm we did whatever we wanted but you just knew that you didn't want to be categorized as a slut because people would talk about you whether or not you had i think there was one girl who they talked about she had never even had sex before Mm -hmm. it was just because she was pretty yeah you know what i mean so it's just it's just i see i i'm not like fighting with you i'm just I'm no just, i think that you make a really good point different side of that coin is just that i think that that was a very valid thing for her to have said yeah because it once you cross that threshold as unfortunate as it is and people start calling you that that will follow you yeah that's true that's a good point and put yeah. you in bad situations too so if it follows you to college then all the college guys think that you're you know nancy the slut yeah, that's they think true. They can do whatever they want. They think it can take advantage of you and stuff. So that's it's just true. a whole, it's a whole thing. Good point. Excellent point. So sorry. I didn't mean to go crazy. No, that was a really, really good, <laughs> a really good argument. And I think that you're, you're probably right. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you there. Yeah. You made that. I'm so sorry. No, you actually made a very good argument there. I'm with you on that now. Yep. You're right. Um... <laughs> well, think about it this way too. I feel like all of her she even said all of his ex-girlfriends are considered sluts well are they actually 
sluts? Are they considered sluts because they've been seen in public with Steve? With Steve, yeah. And is it his friends that are making these assumptions about them? Oh, yeah. Don't get me started on And I doubt that it's Steve saying that they're sluts. Yeah. Because Steve wouldn't say that. But I think it's his friends that are doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And it always starts with them, which which leads me to why is Steve not as terrible as everybody says that he is in season one? Because <laughs> Joe Keery is so cute and just so sweet. Welcome back. Now <laughs> for the big bucks. For the big bucks. Stevie boy. All right. All right. We're starting from the very beginning with Steve. I'm going to go through the whole timeline with him. Um, oh my God. Okay. We're going in. Um, okay. Let's. Okay. First of all, actually, before we do that, caveat. Bear in mind that Steve was supposed to die and Joe was just so charming that they decided to keep him around which um gives me life every time I hear it yes yes and I see so many people who are like I hated Steve at first like he was fucking terrible and so I was trying to look at this from the perspective of the Duffer brothers and be like what was Joe Keery doing that was like we literally cannot kill this man um he himself look at those big brown orbs and tell me that you can't you can't let him go first time he's mentioned is um at the very beginning when they're talking about how nancy's become kind of an asshole um like she used to dress up for their DD campaigns and then yes i notated um, that she was very mean to uh dusty bonds she was so mean to dustin um bless him i love him he is me we are one so yeah yeah um but um it's brought up that she's become an asshole because she's with Steve now and they describe him as a douchebag um which I think is very interesting having that like set up um mm-hmm. now in the same vein of people talking about Steve which this doesn't have to really do with anything but I think that it's really weird that his reputation has trickled down to like the middle school but Nancy's parents don't know who he is like, am I crazy? Is that weird? Mm. See, I always look at these kind of situations in relevance to, like, my high school slash middle school um, experience. And I would say that that is not weird. Interesting. Okay. Um. So my parents had absolutely no idea what was going on. Okay. Like, they wouldn't have known who the cool guys were. No matter how many people knew who they were, they would not have known. Yeah. And they'd been like, been like that? That? Yeah. Number, 42 number 42 on the football, on the football team. Football are you kidding? kidding? No, I don't think like, they like, know who the Harringtons are in general, but maybe that's just me falling into the headcanons of, like, Steve has I prolific think, parents. I mean, if we think about it, let's think about it this way. Uh, we have already discussed how big we think the town is. Yeah. And how big the town that Hawkins was modeled after was at the time. And I think we discussed it was somewhere in the range of like fifteen to thirty thousand people lived there. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's 
there is the depending on what steve's dad did for a living there is the chance that they knew who the harringtons were Mm -hmm. but i don't think that it would have been so much so that they would have known who steve was interesting they wouldn't have been in the same circles either so oh interesting see i feel like the wheelers would be in the same circles i feel like the wheelers are like pretty well off like more so like I don't know. They're in that like oh, they're upper middle, but they're not housewifey. Like I don't know. Maybe, maybe. See, to me, that's the biggest. Okay, so that would be that would be your biggest. Um, what is the word? Uh, statistic of families at the mm-hmm. time. You would have had a really big chunk of, you know, households that are very similar to the Wheelers. Mm-hmm. You would have had a chunk that would have been kind of like Joyce the buyers like lower or and then Steve his family would have been the least um because they're the more elite so that makes sense I don't think that they would have been in the same circles at all yeah. I think they're kind of in their circles and then I always got the impression that Nancy felt a little bit like in awe and a little like starstruck by going to Steve's like when they first open the door and Steve's like welcome to the whatever he says that's true yeah like they make that moment very like cinematic where it's like wow look at this fucking dumpster fire mansion we're walking into yeah and like the pool I guess is another like status symbol yeah that makes sense that makes sense all right yeah fair enough fair enough yeah Just i mean i don't know i guess I'm not a, yeah i guess i'm not a very good gauge because like i mean my school was 200 kids k through 12 all within oh my god okay yeah like i'm talking small small so when i think of small town i think of like every every single person knows everyone i know every single family of every single person that's in that school like that kind of situation yeah. so i'm like trying to picture what it's like in a town where it's like we've talked about this so like i grew up in a small town but wasn't that small so we had like three to five thousand people and we didn't know everyone Mm -hmm. and you certainly there were circles that you were not uh hanging out with yeah so like even in a town that small like the rich kids if you went to their house there was a very clear line yeah um even if you were their friend there was a very very clear distinction that's fair i feel like your your experience is very much more of a hawkins experience like it's kind of that thank you you. (laughs) and in this this experience experience, i was was eddie Eddie. 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 you're welcome welcome. (laughs) except i didn't go to jail i'm 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 guessing that he goes to jail in the book but that's just my oh really i think that's why he doesn't graduate when he's supposed to i think that al has him do some shady shit and I think Al goes to jail because he mentions in season four that his dad's in jail. Mm-hmm. And I think that Eddie has to go to jail slash juvie. And that's why he's two years behind. Oh, interesting. Because I was friends with a guy who had to <laughs> wait two years to graduate. He was 20 years old when he graduated. You really did just live the Stranger Things experience, didn't you? <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't do that, but I i was friends with the guy who did that so yeah but you were you you were basically in universe pretty much i mean yeah i was the kid that like hung out in the library and we like played like 
fantasy shit mm-hmm. and like read and then like didn't go to the lunch tables and I hung out with yeah. them. I hung out if we did go to the lunch tables it was just everyone was in black it was very mm-hmm. bad yeah yeah so, yeah yeah yep that was my life anyway oh, interesting Steve, Steve sorry <laughs> um all right so moving on from just the first mentions of him and them setting up that re- reputation that he's this terrible person mm-hmm. um we are setting up that he's stupid from the very beginning within one minute he's not though but yeah he's not he's not and we'll get into this later i don't have much in defense of him initially <laughs> but within one minute of him being on screen nancy calls him an idiot um not even 16 minutes into the show idiot steve harrington literally literally and even if it's joking it's like I've had those jokes made at me and they make me feel shitty. So like I know that like it's I, not I I don't know that I have ever looked at my friend even in a joking way and been like, you're stupid. My first initial reaction is to go, oh my God, I'm so stupid. <laughs> like <laughs> that's me. I I will yeah. take the fall every time. Yeah, I don't know. I just like this is right from the start, we're setting up that headcanon which is where I get into it with like how are fans perceiving them but and we're already setting up this headcanon that everyone thinks Steve is stupid and it affects him poor baby yeah so like (laughs) we're really starting off strong with Steve um and then I have a headcanon about that which is probably one that most people have which is that he says in it might be episode one that he says that his dad went on a business trip and that his mom went with him because she doesn't trust him episode two oh okay my bad well i'm gonna say it now so my head (laughs) so my hand in is is that because steve's mom doesn't trust his dad um no one's ever there to make sure that he has good grades yeah i think that is a very good point um i think that it's i don't know i feel like he also I had canon that there's something like some kind of learning disability of some variety going on um with Steve. Like I like maybe dyslexia or something. Something like dyslexia, yeah, exactly. Um based on the and when we get to the part where Ooh, because that makes Nancy, my TikTok that I just made extra not good. Which one? Because you know I make the Jen and Julian edit. Oh, the edit, Jen so and Julian I made an ones. Oh. New one where jenna goes you spelled your own name wrong oh yeah no i think it's a very steve thing to do like i don't think it's like not funny like it is i i think that just like ultimately i think that there's an underlying thing like coming from a somebody who is an educator i don't think like steve isn't dumb like he's not i do think that there's something else going on and obviously at the time period that's not going to be something that's acknowledged or like, whatever yeah Um, he graduated yeah and like I just like I don't think that it's that he's not trying either because like he's very clearly trying and I am going to go like crazy on this when we get to the point where he is showing Nancy his essay and she's editing it for him that scene makes Mm -hmm. me want to throw up um but one of my tiktok I think it's one of my mutuals they um 
like try to figure out what it what, what the essay was because there's a shot of it and so they like transcribed it basically and it gives very much that energy and you but like like kind of like dyslexic energy kind of mm-hmm. um and you can tell that he's trying so hard on it so I don't think it's for lack of trying that his grades are like you know I think that he is just not set up for success like poor thing yeah and like and Nancy brings it up too when she's like you like what did she say I think she said like you barely passed chem or whatever like he got like a c on it or something like man he's still passing like don't come for him <laughs> yeah poor thing bless him ouch okay yeah, um ouch. anyways so he's called stupid twice in this episode by nancy um just like ow i remember that yeah yeah um also i this is like completely not even on the same plane of conversation but i love his wardrobe for season one i love it I always love Are we going to have to talk about the rumor of the leggings? Of the leggings. No. no. <laughs> Basically, there's this tweet going around. I'm going <laughs> to proceeds I'm to talk about it. <laughs> briefly explain it. There's a tweet going around that's actually screenshots of a Tumblr post um, that analyzes the behind <laughs> the scenes. Well, okay, so there was. They're analyzing shots of Steve from season one and season two compared to all of the other seasons. But there was this picture in particular that was a behind the scenes picture from season one or season two. I can't remember. And season one. Okay. And she knew. <laughs> and it looks like when you zoom in, it because he's like on his back, like holding think jonathan up in the air like yeah he's holding Charlie they're horsing around legs yeah they're just being dumb <laughs> and you can see his back but you can see a strip of clothing underneath his jeans like and so the leggings yeah the rumor going around is that he's wearing leggings because his bulge was too bulgy <laughs> yeah <for> the show <laughs> yeah. and um, um and so warder had to do something about it <laughs> poor joe keery i think it's so funny (laughs) because he literally okay every because it's distracting first of all every scene he's in because of the time period those pants are like super duper tight yeah so every scene he's in it's just like it looks at you first yeah yeah and he's talked about how uncomfortable the pants were for that exact reason and (laughs) good lord Oh man, alive! Also, Anyways, I would like, I would like I would to, like to... <laughs> that I am that not, I am not talking, talking about a teenager, teenager in this way. This way. He, was he was a grown, a adult. grown adult. Yes, I would yes. love, yes. To, love clarify to clarify this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I don't know. I just think it's really funny that bless him. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they got it figured out, which is great. I, you know, uh-huh. what they probably did is they put leggings on him, and they probably sized up his pants a little bit, yeah, so that it's less uncomfortable. Although for season three, he was in the in the scoops ahoy outfit, so it's probably much Listen, more breathable. The wardrobe department really said fan service, like for Steve. Every ahoy. single season, it gets worse. Like for real, they go from like you know nor- normal eighties like prep clothing in seasons one and two, mm-hmm. um, and then like 
then they go to Scoop's Ahoy uniform and everyone is feral and unwell. And then he's basically naked all of season four. <laughs> like, <laughs> but that, I, I can't get into it. Season four, Steve, is peak. It's another level. They literally, yeah. like, they knew what they were doing. It was 100% fan service. Like, I would be like, oh, it's just a coincidence if it wasn't for, like, the scene where they are looking at him from the shore, like Dustin Lucas and Max, and Max is like ogling him. That is so funny to me. <laughs> like, yeah, they knew what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. I think mm, the writer's team fangirl over Steve, and they 100%. do it just. 100%. It's the writer's team and it's the costume department, and they are just back and forth fangirling yeah. over Steve yeah and they are just doing it to one-up each other and yeah that's... they're like what are we gonna put him in this season <laughs> <laughs> oh i swear to god if we get our 90s moment i'm gonna lose it if they dress him like eddie I... better with like the shorts and like the flannel and like the boots yeah I'm going to lose my mind yeah no i would love to see i love um i there's one person i follow on tiktok and they do like basically almost exclusively like 90s study and romance au art and it's everything everything i would love to see 90 steve amazing (laughs) um yeah so all that to say his steve is baby girl his wardrobe is always so good too it is he does they're working hard i do have a note for um nancy's wardrobe um that it is actually in episode one i have a different oh i have a different note in episode two but in episode one the note is spot on but (laughs) preppy 80s girl spot on it's her wardrobe is perfect of the um different character like clothing designs that they used nancy's is for sure like in season one she is for sure the most spot on in my opinion Um, i wouldn't say okay i wouldn't say that but oh i would i think her wardrobe's perfect like they carry nancy's wardrobe like through all of the seasons i think that she is like it's exactly in character for her yes for her character i do have to say and i'll say it again in episode two because i want to say it now just in case i forget um but what she's wearing to steve's house Mm, you don't like it oh i love her season or her no it doesn't look it doesn't look vintage it looks modern to me Mm, interesting the striped t-shirt and it's like uber tight it looks modern to me huh i'm gonna have to go look again i'm thinking of what she was wearing like Like it blasted me out of the show (laughs) oh i was thinking of what she was wearing before they got to steve's house like the purple one with like the kind of like tie in the front yes that is fine i love it's when she gets to steve's and she's like changing her clothes and like barb's like oh is that a new bra the striped shirt that she puts on blasted me out of the show i was like that i'm gonna have to it doesn't look right look at that again interesting huh i just i'll look at that again maybe i'm wrong they know better than me i mean they that this is their job but yeah i have discussed the clothes at length with my mother who was there yeah and she's like honestly she's like she thinks nancy's a little bit too on trend Mm, like too stereotypical 
Mm, no. So she thinks that Nancy is too up with the times. So you know how from season one to season three, Nancy like cuts her hair. She's got like the big hair now, like all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've discussed this on the podcast before that things moved way slower back then. Yeah. And that my mom just thinks that, so my mom and my dad grew up in two different realities. So my mom grew up on the East Coast. My dad grew up in Wyoming. Yeah. In in the 80s. Right. Things would have moved from the East and the West Coast to the middle, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Indiana's like towards the middle. So if like that was what they were wearing on TV, it would have taken a lot longer for them to get to that point. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so she she pegged that she thinks Nancy probably should have been wearing like closer to what Barb was wearing, but with like she was like, she needs to wear white socks with loafers. And I'm like, what was that? And she's like, preppy. That was preppy. Interesting. "Hmm." Okay. I'm trying to find but also season one nancy is to me she's going from she's in that time where she's like going from being to kid to go to being a teenager yeah and so she's like stuck in that like where what do i wear yeah that makes sense i'm looking at what the shirt that you're talking about and i do Mm kind of get those vibes that that could be from like 2012 yeah it's giving early 2000s yeah, it's giving Bella Swan. Here it is. There it is. Oh, oh no. <laughs> the first Twilight reference. <laughs> yeah, I get what you're saying. It didn't, I didn't notice really. I no, was I don't think I, on I mean, I, what was happening, but I'm not like tooting my own horn. I don't think that most people have obsessed over wardrobe. Like, but... yeah, no, it's not generally my focus. So I like, I'm glad that you actually paid any to it because i would have never noticed <laughs> yeah like i think the kids are pretty spot on i think they're a little bit behind which would make sense since they're in middle mm-hmm. school and yeah things moved slower they look more late 70s to me yeah yeah um especially will fuck that haircut i'm sorry well i mean yeah and like there was intention with will's wardrobe because it's all hand-me-downs and yeah so that checks out to me yeah like it makes sense Um, my mom though she will die in the hill that mike looks like a dork i yes i also agree with you on that i feel like mike's wardrobe should be more uh like a little more modern with the time yeah Um, for for the time yes yes yeah yeah yeah. um he also looks stuck in 1978 yeah it's weird to me like I feel like his would be and it's even mentioned in season four that his like he doesn't have modern like clothing which also lends to the like coasts have different stuff than like yeah I think that was a nod so like in season four when Argyle like gives him a hug and is like oh it's not real OP he's like we'll get you some we'll get you some real threads while you're here yeah yeah so I I would agree I think it's a nod to that but like regardless I feel like he'd have more like I don't know. It it also Nancy looks at Indiana-y. least looks it, it makes no sense to me that if Nancy looks very up and coming with the mm-hmm. times, that Mike wouldn't also. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's interesting. Um anyway. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um Steve. <laughs> Back to Steve. Steve. 
god I'm listen so we're always going to come back eventually to what we were originally talking about yep um never fear okay um other than that i don't have a ton about steve's character in my notes to be perfectly honest um i mostly have just like moments where he is so endearing and just so dorky like he is not a he's not the preppy jock that everybody thinks he is like he is a fucking dork he is (laughs) a dork he's like i think it's because i've built this up in my head tell me if i'm wrong so i would imagine that it's because if he does have some sort of disability that he's sometimes afraid to be himself and so he not even that i think it's just in general he's afraid to be himself because of the people he surrounds himself with like tommy's a fucking asshole like he fits directly into and we can like we could go into like oh but like he and steve had like a little gay thing and blah 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 blah, blah, blah. that's like a whole other never thing. even but, thought of that oh it's like a whole thing and i i'll i can get into it i get into it more in season or in episode two because that's when you like actually see tommy more so um but like he steve is the people that he is friends with fit into that stereotype of like asshole jockey prep like oh way yeah more- and like you can see that they kind of lead him into that persona especially in episode two as someone who has been friends with people who um aren't nice um especially when i was in like junior high and high school i think it's interesting so i i would imagine that they're probably still just friends at this point because they always have been like tommy and steve Mm mm-hmm Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Um, one hundred percent agree. I think that they've been friends since they were kids, and they are the rich, the the rich ones. I mean, you think Tommy's rich? I think so. Yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. Or at least he's oh. taking advantage of Steve being rich, but he's at least high enough of a level where they were friends when they were kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that makes sense. Where it was like acceptable to both of their parents which I mean I don't know how much Steve's parents were involved but like I feel like they're entirely reputation centric so Mm -hmm. like Steve being friends with for example Jonathan versus a Tommy who is going to be more likely to be like an approved friend of his you know what I mean right yeah yeah so all that to say realistically Steve is a fucking dork (laughs) he's a dork he's my in the words of robin he's a dingus exactly 100 i think she clocked him so fast literally so fast and i think it's just so fucking adorable like my favorite this is one of my favorite steve moments ever in the entire show is when he's trying to climb (laughs) up the wall of the wheeler's house and mike Mm -hmm. is leaving to go look for will and mike catches steve trying to climb in the window like i think it is one of the funniest scenes in the entire show it's like such a tiny little moment but like when mike catches him first of all steve tries to jump up once and he falls he doesn't even make it on the first try (laughs) straightens his clothes turns around mike's there and he's just like they just make the fucking most horrible eye contact and just the way that he stands he like 
repositions himself to look cooler (laughs) and Mike is so clearly just like not having it like from that moment on those two are feuding I swear to god that is the moment where yeah (laughs) those two have it out for each other (laughs) it's just one of the best fucking scenes and then like he gets in the window and he does his like little like a ninja dance after the thing about steve is that steve just does everything that he thinks he's supposed to do steve doesn't do he doesn't have i feel like he he doesn't have a yet in season one he doesn't do anything because it's actually what he wants to do Mm. i think he thinks i'm the cool guy i need to go jump into my girlfriend's room yeah, but like what makes it endearing is that he's not good at it. Like Yes. Yeah, like agreed. 100% he's like this Great. is going to this is going to be cool. She's going to think that I'm so cool because yes. I'm like, you know, knocking on her window and whatever. But then he like falls through it. Like like he adorable he had his edward cullen moment moment, yeah he lived it and he breathed it yeah so cute and i just i I love it the little dance that he does does. (laughs) he falls (laughs) in the window window. like like i just i think he's so endearing literally immediately when you see those little hints of his real personality come through and i'm like well of course they're gonna save him like how can you get rid of this absolute ray of sunshine (laughs) I know there's so few in the show mm-hmm. so yeah I get it yeah. I get it yeah like I, I I don't know I hear a lot of people talk about how like he's trying to like pressure her to you know be nefarious with him in the scene so. where they're studying I think he just genuinely I mean maybe it could go one of two ways so I think that most of the time in season one he's just doing things because he thinks he has to so I think he could be just trying to impress her and keep up his King Steve persona, but he really does yeah. like her. I don't think he's actually trying to make her feel uncomfortable, though. I don't I get that. I agree. I also don't get that initially. It very much gives that impression of like, wow, he's trying to pressure her into something that she doesn't want to do. But ultimately, like, well, he proves does- in episode two when she's like, will you turn around when she's changing and, her clothes? Yeah. And he turns around and he well, doesn't also, like... also, like, they, they have kind of like a little argument moment when in the studying scene where she's yeah. like, I, I'm just, you're just trying to get me to be like a notch in your belt. And then he drops it. Like, he drops it and he helps her study ultimately, which yeah. is like, uh, you know what? Applause. Yeah. Like, like, uh, I, the, bar I, the bar is on the floor, floor people. people. The bar is literally, literally on the floor. No, you're, you're absolutely right. right. Like, ultimately, <laughs> like, still, once again, no excuse for her to him to pressure her into it. It shouldn't have, it should have been like a no, we're studying. And then that should have been the end of it 100%. And he is completely at fault for that. But I think that ultimately, like, he dropped it, which is really like he didn't get and mad the same, and, and leave, another... which is like, yeah, I feel like not in character for what the the person they were trying to create which the duffer yeah. brothers have said specifically they were trying to make steve into what billy is in season two and right. like, i just think it wasn't possible no <laughs> no 100 not when you have someone who's like you know has to try twice to climb up a wall and then falls through the window and then does a little dance like no because you know billy <laughs> wouldn't have fucking fallen he would have glided up that thing no. he would have ran in like fabio and been like literally like pants 
gone immediately. Well, like Joe Keery and <laughs> and Dacre Montgomery just have a different vibe. They're both attractive. Yeah, Dacre Montgomery conventionally attractive. Like no, Dacre Montgomery is one of the like most attractive and like aesthetically <laughs> pleasing people I've ever seen in yes. my life. Joe like- Keery <laughs> is attractive partly because he is a dingus. Yeah, it's because he's like so endearing it 100 like he's just yeah. like a dorky little guy <laughs> yeah like, just dorky little guy yeah yeah so that's what i have to say about that i think like they really ultimately just failed to create what they wanted to create and it was literally from this moment where it was like it's an, it's a non-starter like it's not even worth it to try and yeah bring him back like yep. <laughs> they failed casting wise they failed but they also won yeah, so. 100%. 100%. Also, like, I feel like they should have known from the start that they weren't going to be able to kill off Steve because originally Joe uh, auditioned to be Jonathan. Mm-hmm. So, like, he was already going for the nice character of the two boys. He was going for the yeah. nice one. So, like, and he didn't want to be the douchey boyfriend. Like, he was like, oh, okay. So I He was too cute role. to be Jonathan. I, yeah, I truly yeah. believe that. 100%. Yeah. I mean, he was very much has that, like, conventionally, like, more so conventionally. Yeah. It's it's like, like it, it's just a vibe. Yes. I don't think, so on paper, I don't think the actor that plays Jonathan is the ugliest person I've ever seen. No, 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 no. No. I just don't think that he is cute enough to be King Steve, if that makes sense. So no, role reverse, no, no. I don't I, yeah. think it would have worked. I agree. I think I look at Charlie reminds me a lot of, of Adam Driver, like Driver. how I feel about Adam Driver. Are you are you fucking, fucking kidding, kidding me? me? I know that I, I knew that was going to be your reaction. reaction. <laughs> <laughs> they are Adam on the same. Uh, they are on the same like aesthetic card for Charlie 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 now, which I'm probably gonna be the only thing, like the only person who's like, yeah, that makes sense. Show how angry you are in the comments, listeners. Please do. I will appreciate it very much. I am stunned. I'm just regardless. Be nice. Be nice. Be nice. But um, yeah. I mean. Ultimately, their casting job exceptional, but that is how I feel about about Charlie. Hey, we're being nicer than some other people because I have heard him, and I believe I've quoted this on the podcast before: a face that only a mother could love. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I have two more thoughts. Okay. On the vein of Jonathan, quote, 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 "Wow, wow, you took these pictures pictures from Joyce." Uh, insert, uh, insert ugliest, ugliest photography, photography I've ever I've seen. seen. I love I that scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And then I have one more thing, one to, more say, thing to say. <laughs> okay. Which is, there is a moment in the first episode that I think is already alluding to the fact that Will has powers. Because how did Will know how to use the phone? It's not the same as the lights. That's interesting. I... I also would like some clarification on the mechanics of this. Um, because no one because... else has tried to do that yeah, this far in the show. That's a good point. You're absolutely fucking right. Oh, yeah. wow. That's a really good call out. That would have made way, that made have made like the whole light bright thing so much easier. Like just fucking call them on the phone. Yeah, <laughs> but apparently Will's the only one who knows how to use the phone in the upside down. So interesting. 
Interesting. And the only reason he gets cut off is because the Demogorgon comes. Yeah. And when the De- Demogorgon gets closer, the energy surges and that's why the phone explodes. Yeah. But if they knew they weren't going to get caught by the Demogorgon in like season four, why didn't they just use the phone? So I wow. think Will is the that's, one that knows how to use the phone. That is such a good point. So. Wow. All right. You're too poor. Um, we're back. Uh, this shouldn't be a long one though. All right. Um, just a couple of things. Um, I'm scared. First of all, just some fun little facts. Uh, I really love the fact that Holly is two children. Oh yeah, you showed that to me. Yeah, so Holly's actress, which is usually how it is in film. Yeah, it's a set. It's so it's two twins. I would have never fucking known unless. Oh, it's two sets of twins. Well, it's like two. It's two girls, but they are twins. Yeah. Um, Okay. That's normal. And um, I just think it's really funny, and I I wonder who played what scenes. Um, Also, I sent you this tweet. I think, um, but as of filming season five the actresses who play holly will be the same age as the The kids when they started started yeah like noah and make me feel old why don't you i know i was like holy shit that's that's well i mean crazy ganon was two when the show started yeah and by the time the show ends he'll be almost their age oh my god that's so crazy time isn't fucking real um i wanted to say so i'm sure alex will get on and talk about this too but um so that's very normal in the film industry they have to have usually twins they usually go for twins yeah because kids have really strict laws on how many hours they can work right no that makes sense and so they've got two of them they can get eight hours of filming rather than four hours of filming yeah yeah so which is makes sense makes sense but i do think it's really funny um let's see i think um i was when i was watching the scene with um scott clark who's their science teacher Mm -hmm, mm um of him with when they got the radio Mm -hmm. with the kids um before hopper shows up i had the thought i think it would have been so much better and emotionally impactful if scott was actually bob does that make sense Yes, I've never cared for the actor. Not no offense. I've never cared for the teacher character that much. Yeah, and I think that now that you've said that, I would have preferred because then Bob, first of all, was much more likable more quickly mm-hmm. than. It's not that I didn't like the teacher. I'm just like, why is like? Yeah, there's no other point to yeah. him being there so often. Yeah. I just think it would have been so like because we already know that Bob started the AV club like I think it would have been so much more emotionally impactful if Bob had died being not only like this love interest slash kind of father figure for the boys but like also being their science teacher which I think is something that they really need to do a better job of is killing off which is maybe this is like kind of a scary take, but like the they 
choose to kill off characters who aren't that emotionally impactful because they aren't around for well, it. you can write that to my heart when they killed off Eddie Mons. Well, he he's different. He's <laughs> very know. different. They that was a very up. strange thing that happened. I get it. Yeah, that was not like any of the other ones. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think they could benefit from more emotionally impactful deaths, and I think that they should have had Scott and Bar and Bob be the same person. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. I I agree with you one thousand percent. Yeah. Um, did I mention this? I can't remember if I mentioned this in the updates episode, but I did want to mention it here. If I haven't, mm-hmm. the fact that Dustin said my parents. And they never ran oh. with that. He doesn't have a dad. Yeah, yeah. I think he says that in episode two. And I am so, like, I want to know what the circumstances are with, like, Dustin's background so bad. Right. Because he, his parents are together in season one. So something you must see me happen. Searching for it? Yeah, I think it is episode two my bad yeah regardless i mean it's fine um something must happen to dad at some point because he is not present later on interesting i mean we can talk about that more in episode two but yeah um i just want to mention it just in case i forget yeah um and then the last things that i have is just map gate call outs so um here we go i'm really paying attention i'm like i'm literally like i'm at the point where i'm looking for like street signs and mailboxes like I'm really trying to narrow this down. Um, Amazing. <laughs> so I, it, it doesn't fucking make sense. It doesn't make sense. Lucas, okay, we already know Lucas is canonically, like, basically neighbors with Mike. He lives on the same street, just kind of down a ways. Um, and when they're leaving the Wheeler's house, Lucas, Dustin, and Mike, or, and Will ride, like, their bikes together. Lucas fears off. And then Dustin and Will have a little race for the comic right Mm -hmm. after their race where they part ways is like where what is it where cornwallis meets curly that's where i think which took all of five seconds of course that's exactly what my call it was going to be they leave lucas behind they start their race and it doesn't appear there doesn't appear to be like a break where it's like oh we're cutting out this like like the middle part of them racing like it's a consecutive shot i mean i just devil's advocate maybe the idea that they started cutting in the music the kids you know it's called that that song kids they start cutting it in as they start cresting over the hill right yeah and so i thought that maybe that meant that they had been riding for a little bit longer I don't think so because they continue with their voiceover. Like their voiceover is like a consecutive conversation, which because right. I also noticed I was like, oh, it changes like shots when they're cresting the hill, but they keep talking through the whole thing. Right. In like the same conversation. So I am like, okay, so they rode their bikes for all of like five seconds. Right. Dustin parts ways with Will at what can only be near dustin's house him well yeah but like where they where it's just will at that point where dustin leaves him is it it can only be mirkwood because they when he turns to go down mirkwood Mm -hmm. he drives or he um rides past the lab so 
I took it as when he when he leaves Dustin, right? When he keeps going and he's going really, really fast, he has not made it to Mirkwood yet. That Dustin turns onto his street and that's why he stops. So then it makes even less sense. So okay. And so I don't I'm... think that it shows you where he turns. I think because the next shot is him going by the lab. I don't think they actually show where he turns. Yeah, they do. Do they? Yeah, because Dustin goes the other way. So okay, I mean he's on. going straight, right? Like Will's so, just going straight still. No, he he goes to the left. Not me about to pull up this damn show. Okay, hold it's, on. I'm how many grab times the map. You pull up the show, I'm gonna grab the map and then let's figure out what's let's compare, is, let's contrast. What's okay, true. okay, hold on. <laughs> Okay, it's fucked up because uh, Lucas turns onto a different street. What? So I'm watching right now. Lucas veers off, turns right onto a different street. So maybe it's some sort of a loop. Is there a street name? Is there like a stop center? Okay, and then Dustin. And then Dustin says, "You want to race to my house? Winner gets a comic." Okay. Yeah. And so they start racing. They go over the hill. Dustin stops. Because that's his house. Right. The shot changes. And it pans down like we're somewhere else. So we don't know what street we he we never see him turn onto a street we okay. just see him passing the lap okay i see what you're saying regardless this doesn't make fucking sense no it doesn't make sense anyways no, because- but we don't we don't know exactly how far he went between leaving dustin at dustin's house okay. and passing the lab so we have okay. no idea how far he actually went okay let me look at where let me find we have to assume Merkwood is really long because if Merkwood's the road he turns off onto, Merkwood also passes the lab and Merkwood is that close to his house that he ran there from the forest and Hopper and all the police know exactly where it is. So I'm seeing where he must have gone. So if they went down Maple if they went down Maple Avenue so, oh my God. so Mike lives on Maple Avenue, okay? hmm If Maple Avenue, like, comes to a dead end, if you go down... Too far. Like, not even that far. So oh, so they must have gone the other way and, like, up north, right? No. 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 I don't they have my map Because there's, right no- there's nothing north. So if they're going down towards the town, like, they would have to, if they're going towards where Will lives, because he mm-hmm. lives... So Maple Avenue is up here. Will, mm-hmm. this is Cornwallis Street. So Markward must be down here somewhere because here's the lab. Yeah. So they would have had to go this way. And Maple Avenue just dead ends. So they could have gone down like Ohio Street. But that also... That doesn't explain why Lucas veers off and goes down a different street. 
No, because there's not that many streets to go off of. There's some sort of like complex there. I'm guessing it says was Washington SCH, so maybe it's like a college or something. Um, which also feels weird. Um, but none of the none of this makes sense. How he got from point A to point B just like he would have been riding alone. So if it was the like five seconds, so let's say they got to the end of Mabel Avenue and that's where Dustin goes his separate way. Mm-hmm. Which, first of all, I don't think that that's right because I believe Dustin's house is has a confirmed location, which isn't there. Um, hold on. Let me pull up the map that has the confirmed locations on it. Also, I do want to note that Hawkins National Lab has a huge fence around it and it is not the distance of the box on the map i think that that is the size of the lab yeah there's no way so the the box around the the property has to be bigger than that yeah there's there's literally no way that it's correctly um like proportioned proportioned yeah now the only thing i can think of and i'm not looking at the map so i can't tell you so the only thing that i can think of is that he wanted to ride with them for a little bit and then turn to loop back around yeah uh so that's the only thing that i could imagine a kid doing which is ride with my friends for a little bit and then go home yeah um yeah i mean but that doesn't explain how fucking close dustin lifts yeah, Dustin does live really close. Like it does, doesn't make sense how far away Will lives, I guess, is more yeah. Well, it makes sense. Accurate. It doesn't make sense that anyone would let him ride that far. No, 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 no. Like he's literally like miles on the farthest opposite of town and out in the fucking forest. Like he's not even kind yeah. of close yeah. to town, especially if he's driving past the lab. Like there's no like way far. Yeah, there's literally no feasible way that's that crazy. it could. Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, the Lord's of Eddie, Jesus, 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 Jesus H. Christ. Christ. The map, the map doesn't, doesn't make doesn't any fucking sense. Speaking of Eddie, sorry to always bring it back to Eddie. Um, there's been a couple of edits today, today that, that have all. Um, um, taking place on the boat boat. when they're about to go go, and Eddie's about to jump jump off the boat and I was like is it the the one that Alex sent (laughs) Alex sent to you yeah and we've been back and forth I sent her pictures of another celebrity that I'm not going to dox myself here of who I think is attractive as I'm wearing a shirt with his name on it but no one can see it so it's okay and I said I identify as that mattress and then she's and like, like Amboat. Like, and I'm like, like Am Fire Hydrant. So, so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, my only other mapgate thing that I have is that I like how you're being professional. I'm just like edits. No, you're you're so on it. I'm just very furious about this map right now. <laughs> so canonically, according to what is said in the show, like you can see Benny's the address of Benny's um diner, which first of all, okay. justice for for Benny. Benny's got turned into Jason's like party 
place. Oh, I meant to talk about Benny and the fact that why is Benny mean to Elle when he thinks that Elle's a boy, but he's nice when he finds out that she's a girl. I, yeah, I think it's a little interesting. A, a, a child trying to steal your food. Yeah. Should needs help. Yeah. And if, even if he was a boy, he would still need help. Yeah. It is kind of weird. Um, I agree. Yeah. I As a mother just, I'm like, yeah. somebody better help my child regardless of if he's a boy or a girl. True. Or true. Once. Anyways. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, you can see Benny's address on, I believe the mailbox when they have that shot of them before Hopper gets there. The address is 4819 Randolph Lane. Now, let me pull up my map. First of all, the street is not called Randolph Lane on the map. It's called Randolph Way. Okay. Um, which this also consistency. Happens- can we just say that consistency isn't their strong suit? Consistency is not their strong suit, especially with the fucking map. Um, and Randolph Way is near the quarry, but it is not close to the lab. So it is- I stand firm in the fact that I believe that the lab was placed on the map wrong and the lab needs to be on the other side of the railroad tracks closer oh. to the quarry. Remember when I told you when I rearranged the map and I put the lab up farther yeah. across? And then it wouldn't, it would also still work for where Will's located. Yes. <gasps> so I stand firm that the map needs to be on the other side. Or I mean, the the lab needs to be on the other side of the map yeah i i think you're right that and it matched up so then the circles would match up with the quarry and then the circles match up with the farmland because currently it didn't match up with anything else well it matches up with lover's lake and lake jordan but i moved lover's lake too yeah oh i think you're right because then that would put it if you look at where randolph way which is supposed to be randolph lane so this can you see yeah this is randolph way so even if benny's was like here let's say it's here over by the quarry yeah doesn't make sense anyways but if it's like say it's over here like for l to get from here to there yes walking if you just so to see how i did it if you just flip it so you know those four squares that contain that big white blob right next to town it's like almost smack dab in the middle of those four squares and then mm-hmm. it matches up with everything yeah you're right it would have been it would have made more sense if it was over so like if it was like so this is cornwallis street right here so if it was mm-hmm. up here yes it would have made way more sense a little bit farther right so in that corner where those four squares connect in that one point so you see how it's done in squares the yes right there Mm. that's kind of where it was and then it was upside down and then it would make sense to me that he lived closer to the quarry then he would also live closer to the trailer park which would um not like close but closer like within a couple miles i mean will would live like here the trailer park's right here oh so i guess regardless though i think same distance yeah i think it would make sense for it to be like here ish though yes because his body was found in the quarry yeah so it's like closer to the quarry it's closer to benny's and then it would still be close enough to will to make and like steve's house to make sense yeah so i think you would put steve's house down there 
and yeah. you would put the lab up there and put will's house closer up there yeah that's i think you're right i would do it i think that's like way better yeah um there wouldn't maybe there wouldn't be a map gate if it had been done like that not wouldn't have looked into it so hard the only thing that wouldn't have made sense was like mike living so far away but that's like an easy fix i feel like just move where that street is (laughs) i mean yeah i mean it's not and we've talked about this before it is not out of the realm of possibility that they lived miles away from each other and were willing to bike different times it's not an excuse it's a reason this is our new phrase for the show it's not an excuse it's a reason the thing that bothers me though is it's very very like ingrained into the collective psyche of society that at that time when the street lights came on you were allowed to come home or you were supposed to be home because that meant it was dinner time the street lights were on yeah and the street lights were had been on (laughs) it was so dark by the time that will gets home it is i would like to peek at the oven and see if i can see what time it is oh maybe do they say what time it is and i'm just crazy (sighs) she karen says 10 after i imagine she means eight but oh she says in the beginning what time it is yes let me look i think you're right i think it's eight Fifteen after. Fifteen after what? Hold on. they don't say i think it's probably eight o'clock i looked and yeah i think it's eight o'clock it would make sense i think o'clock um yeah which is uh, that's late for november like when the sun would go down that's late yeah for school night that's late yeah it's honestly kind of late to put a (laughs) four-year-old down for bed to be going out not mine not my child um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a normal child that likes to go you know that goes to sleep um my child has always been a night owl but i know that i know people who they put their kids down at like seven yeah six thirty seven yeah so. yeah i don't know i don't know anyways yeah. that's anywho the map makes me mad welcome to Mapgate. <laughs> welcome to Mapgate, the eternal bane of my existence um mm-hmm. it's literally on my brain all the time <laughs> yep <sighs> all right have we done it is episode one done i think so wow uh, again Yay. apologies to the listeners if if um some of this is hard to we'll get we'll get in the flow yeah we're getting a flow together like this is a different format um it's better than what was going to be twilight that's for sure it so. is there was one one funny part there was of twilight was episode one one singular funny part funny part yeah <laughs> so so we did we didn't feel like um subjecting anyone to the absolute boringness that that was yeah so. twilight was not it but that's okay we're we're back on what we do best which and again we may 
when we're done with Stranger Things, we may venture off and do other things. I I want to say that we decided it was going to be like retro centric though. But uh yeah. We'll see. For the most I mean, we'll part. see we'll what see, happens yeah. when we when we get there, which we'll is a long time bridge. coming. We got a lot of seasons to When get we get there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't imagine we're going to have 6 months between seasons all the time. No, 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 no. Going forward <laughs> that is not the plan. We had a lot going on in our lives. We did. We did. Mostly you, you more me. than me, but yeah, yeah mostly me. I was the problem. Um, <laughs> it's me. Hi. Probably you were busy. You had, you know, real yeah. life things to do. So I did have a lot of real life things to do. So now we're here. Oh, we're me. we're back. When you're here, yeah, your family. Olive Garden. Olive Garden. That sounds so good right now. Um, I have a headcanon for you about Steve. <gasps> that he likes olive garden mm-hmm. and that his parents are rich and they hardly ever go to olive garden and he just goes because he likes it is olive garden the thing in the 80s pretty sure yeah couldn't have been a chain restaurant at that point. yeah there are what chains well i know there were chains obviously but like olive garden i'm pretty sure when did uh, okay but going olive- along your theory uh joe curie fucking loves italian food like a lot that's like his favorite food. Oh, are we soulmates? <laughs> Me. By 1989, there were 145 Olive Garden restaurants, making oh it the fastest, like... fastest growing, the fastest growing units in the General Mills restaurant division. Wow. All right, so, maybe it was a chain. You know what? Maybe like towards later you know they yeah. had an olive garden in indianapolis and you know he drove there because his parents yeah. didn't cook him food and he liked to go to olive garden my man loves uh loves an olive garden moment and i love that for me because same i fucking love olive garden same Once i again, love olive garden <laughs> steve and i are the same person um <laughs> it's so it's true. So true again, again I, did I did type out ste looking, looking for you in my phone the other day so. uh, it's, it's me I'm him. I'm him. We, we, he is me. We are we. Are we. we. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so funny. All right. Well, I'm ready to eat something. Amazing. Um, All right. Well, so this has been episode one of season two of season one of Stranger Things on this show called Binged and Unhinged on Spotify. And Apple Podcasts and, and other places that we're not we're- aware of ever else it's on i don't yep. remember uh-huh <laughs> there are more i just don't know what they're called <laughs> uh-huh yep those places where you now can i'm gonna go podcasts. make i'm gonna go make a grilled cheese sandwich on my 19 like 84 um electric pan amazing if anyone ever would like just like me making shots of things with my old things let me know and I'll post that to Instagram. Ooh, have a little wow. little moment. Uh, you could do like a little TikTok moment. Yeah, I can make a coffee and right contemplate. I know. I can make coffee and contemplation with my 1980s coffee pot. Stop it. With my lead painted mugs. Yeah. Just <laughs> I don't drink out of them well. all the time. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's <laughs> fine. I don't know that they have lead. Pa- I know of one that has lead paint on it. I'm That's sure it. they do. <laughs> Some of them do. Anyways, off right. we go. Off we go. Teehee.
Steve is baby girl. Bye. 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 <laughs>